The following is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Parking the Bus podcast can be followed on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, or if you have an Amazon Echo by simply saying, Alexa, play the Parking the Bus podcast. Don't forget to check out the show's homepage at www.parkingthebusmedia.com. What's up, PTV Nation? This is the Mr. Mike Augustine you here, and this is a special episode of Parking the Bus. It's episode 55, and it is a weekend preview episode, and we have a contribution in this episode from at James Makes Plays. All right, James, once again, I, I refer to him as JMP. He, uh, he provides a lot of insight and provides a lot of data to back his, his picks and his plays, and he gives you... Uh, some things to look out for on the betting side of the game going into the weekend's four round of 16 matches that we will see over the course of Saturday and Sunday of this week. And, of course, I'm talking about June the 26th and June the 27th of 2021. Now, the audio quality in this episode is not up to par, and I'm not really happy with it. It appears to be due to my Internet connection. I'm not entirely sure, but I am going to be working on that and improving that some way somehow um again i do apologize it is it is at times um almost unbearable so i do apologize for the poor audio quality of this episode uh, i appreciate everyone's patience and um, everyone's continued support i hope that you still enjoy the show and i think you'll get some real useful information from jmp on this episode all right, without any further ado, here is Parking the Bus, episode 55. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast's continuing coverage of Euro 2020 here on the PTB Media Network. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome to another episode of Parking the Bus. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, back with you for another episode. I know I told you I would be back on Saturday, and today is not Saturday. It is Friday. It is Friday, June the 25th of 2021, but I have a very special episode for you guys tonight. It is a preview of this weekend's four round of 16 matches at Euro 2020. So we're going to look at it and you're going to see the matchups scrolling down the bottom of your screen. Now a big hello to everyone watching on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope right now, as well as everybody watching at www.parkingthebusmedia.com. And tonight uh, in this preview section, we're going to hear from JMP again. He's back with more predictions. He's got some real plays for those of you guys that like to put some money down on these games, like to win some money. James is back, and he's got some advice. for. Well, I won't say advice. He's got some plays for you. I always remember, play responsibly and play at your own risk. So, um. The 
Madness starts tomorrow, okay? It starts at noon Eastern time, and I believe it's even on ABC this weekend. It will be it will be Wales taking on Denmark to get everything started off, okay? And it'll be I believe the match is going to be played in in Amsterdam at the Johan Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam and it's a big one, and and I think right now Denmark is everybody's favorite, uh, not favorite, but everybody's favorite as a neutral. I think every neutral loves Denmark right now. Um, so it's going to be a tough one for it's going to be a tough one for Wales because I think they're going to go from always having been the underdog to now suddenly. They are going to be facing everyone's second team, if you will, in this competition, Denmark. Little addition to the studio for everybody watching at home. Check that out right there. That is brand new. And now it's official. I am flying the flag of PTB Nation right here in the Parking the Bus studio. You see, I still have the Portugal scarf and the Italy scarf there. Representing representing the two sides of my family. And let's kick back. And let's enjoy a cold one there. And get ready for this weekend's matchup. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw it to James right now. He is going to give his first prediction. So JMP sent this in. And we're going to look at his First pick, which is the first match kicking off tomorrow, Wales versus Denmark. Let's hear what he had to say. What is going on, guys? It's JMP here. Glad to be back on Parking the Bus. Go over some of these Euro knockout games for this weekend. Uh, from a gambler's perspective, thank you, Mr. Benfica, for having me on again. Uh, the first game we're going to go over today is Wales versus Denmark. I have a play I love in this. I love the over two at minus 110. I'm a two-unit uh, play on this one. The Danes conceded to each of their group fishers. They scored five goals themselves throughout those three games. Wales are a little underrated engine that could, in my opinion. They survived the Italian onslaught while a man down. They only conceded one in that. But I think, you know, the Italians kind of sat back after they got their goal and just held on for the win. Uh, not being able to score on Italy, man down, even with a full team, is one thing. But Wales do have the ability in town up front to score with Gareth Bale and Ramsey and the likes up there. They've scored in seven of their ten, last ten matches. And I, I do like this Danish team, but it's not like their defense is top-notch. They can be leaky. They showed it in the group stages. Uh, Wales finished second in their group with four points. Denmark finished second in their group with three points. And I just see a lot of goals happening here. At the over two, we get value. At, at worst, we push this if it's a 2-0, 1-1, or 0-2, whatever way. But I kind of see a 1-1 game going into the 80th minute here. One of these teams nicks one late for the win. So I like the over two at minus 110 and that value in this one. All right. So there's his first pick. And you see what I did was I didn't have enough room uh for all of the characters, for all of his picks. But scrolling along the bottom of your screen right now is is JMP's picks, uh, his favorite picks that he sent me. I will run down some of the other ones. So we're starting, like we said, with Wales versus Denmark. There's an over. Uh, he likes the over two goals for this one. Um, it's paying 
negative or minus one uh, one thirteen right now, and he's putting two units on it. That is his favorite play in this game. Uh, he also is leaning on Wales with the plus five with the excuse me plus <laughs> plus half a goal. Okay, uh, at plus in that paying plus one hundred two right now. He's leaning on that. I think Wales is going to be beat handily. I, I think I disagree a little bit with him. He he sees a one-one in this one. I'm not seeing that. Uh, I know that I do think both teams score in this one, so I agree with the over two. Um, but the heart and the fight of Denmark for me is going to be too much for Garrett Southgate. Sorry, Garrett Bale and and for Aaron Ramsey to overcome. Okay, because you, after. Those two guys, there's a there's a significant drop in the level in the Wales team, and I mean they did everything they had to do to get here, but it's a big difference playing against Denmark versus playing against Turkey. Turkey is who they beat, okay, and and Bale and Ramsey were good enough for that, and but I don't see. I don't see them being able to do to Denmark what they did to Turkey. Okay. Um, It's just not something I'm seeing. Uh, He's got more faith in Wales than I do, I think. But this, that's his favorite play there. He likes Wales versus Denmark. I think what's going to be very hard for Wales to contend with is going to be the attack. Okay. Yusuf Paulson. I am a big, big fan of Yusef Paulson. Those those of you that have been tuning in to the first 13 episodes or the first 13 nights of Euro 2020 heard me various times talk about how much I like the, the RB Leipzig players. Um, and Paulson is one of those guys. I'm a huge fan of Paulson. In addition, let's take a look right now and look at the projected lineup for Denmark in this one. Okay. I'm going to look at the projected lineup right now for Denmark. I'm going to pull that up here. And obviously with Casper Schmeichel in goal, I give the nod in goal certainly to Denmark as well. As we look at it here, it is pulling up on my screen. Just another minute. All right. So the probable lineup for Denmark, Kasper Schmeichel, of course. The three in the back, Andreas Christensen. We saw him score a banger the other day. uh, Simon Krajar, and you got Yannick Vestegaard. These are three good ones. Just the midfield alone is just much stronger for Denmark here. You got Thomas Delaney and uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. All right, and then up front, again, the offense, I think, is going to be too much for Wales's back line to deal with, okay? Mikkel Damsgaard, Yusuf Paulsen, and Martin Braithwaite. I mean, that. I think that's too much for Wales to contend with. I think they're going to struggle in this one. Um, I see a three. I really see like a three or four to one result to Denmark in this one. Maybe I'm a little too high on them. Maybe I'm thinking too much on the emotional level. What I like about bringing guys like JMP and like, like um, fade my plays on here is they, they, they are very good, obviously as, as gamblers, as betters, 
They are very or handicappers. They're very good at removing the emotional attachment to these teams. I struggle with that. Okay, I see Denmark, and I just want this story to continue because I love the story. I love the the narrative of this Denmark team just continuing to rise above the odds. Yes, they only took three points, but the reality of the matter is, with Denmark had that horrible, you know, that horrible experience or that horrible episode of of Christian Eriksen collapsing, okay, going into cardiac arrest, not happened. Had they not come out that day and had to play against Denmark, uh, excuse me, had to play against Finland, I don't think they lose to Finland. They could play 10 more times. They don't lose to Finland again. So Denmark should have been the second-place team in this group and should be playing somebody else, okay? Uh, Denmark should be somewhere else in the bracket right now. But this is where they are. Wales, on the other hand, took care of business against Turkey, but looked poor against Italy, looked sluggish, looked happy to to have already had their four points. And, you know, they, they did all right. They did all right with Switzerland. But at the end of the day, I... I just I don't see Wales getting through this one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I will be proven wrong. But let's go now to JMP's next selections. Okay, it's the second game of Saturday. Italy versus Austria. And let's see what he's got. What's up, guys? JMP coming back at you with the second game of the weekend and the plays I like from a gambler's perspective. Uh, on the Italy versus Austria match, I'm on Italy here. I do think they're the much better team, but to get some value, I took Italy and the under three and a half goals at minus 108. You also can look at Italy to win to nil versus Austria at plus 110. Italy has won each of their last 11 matches 2-0, and Austria has failed to score in four of their last six matches. Uh, Italy finished top of their group with nine points. They were probably the most impressive team, uh, in my opinion, in watching. Austria finished second with six points, but, I mean, they took points from North Macedonia, Ukraine. They had a weaker group. They really didn't even look that great to me, in my opinion. I think they went 1-1-1. and uh, The Netherlands did bring them back to earth and beat them 2-0. Uh, the Italians, man, what can we say about them? Their defense, they've kept clean sheets. Uh, I think that's really, uh, you can attribute that to their midfield. Uh, Jorginho, Verratti, the likes, they, they really control the game in the midfield here. They, they dominate possession. They use their opportunities to score their one or two goals. And they don't let the other team attack. So I like these uh, lines here, Italy and under 3.5 at minus 108. Or Italy to nil, plus 110, both great value in this one. All right, so you heard him there. He likes Italy. I like Italy. This is kind of an easy one. I don't see how Austria is going to get anything out of this. I don't even see Austria being all that competitive in this match, okay? Um He's he's taking Italy on the under three and a half goals. I I, I agree with that. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think you're gonna see more than three and a half goals in this one. I think Italy win comfortably two nil, maybe three nil tops because it's not in. I know in the first match we saw them continue to go forward. We saw them really really take it to who was the was it, to Turkey in that first match. Um, but as you've seen, as the mat as the matches have gone on, they've become more 
even, if you will. Um, they won the first two games 3-0. Uh, not not as, as many goals in the third game, but they played a lot of second-choice players. I think... I think this is going to be 3-0 again. I don't see Austria um, getting anything here. I don't see them getting a goal. I don't. I just don't see how Austria is even going to be competitive in this match. Maybe I'm overestimating or maybe overrating Italy because they did play in a weak group. But I just love the way the ball moves when they play, okay? Uh, his other pick in this one, he also... It's leaning, so you're getting plus money, one plus one ten, for Italy to win so, anything to nil. This I think is free money. I don't see Italy conceding. Maybe again I'm overrating them, but I don't see them conceding to this Austria team. Um, I think that that is a, a play I like a lot to take Italy to win to nil. Um, Again, we've seen, you know, uh, the the front trio that was so good in the first two matches for Italy. Uh, Ciro Immobile, uh, Insigne, and uh, Domenico Berardi. The midfield, as as James said, is just solid with, with Verratti and Jorginho. Jorginho's been one of the best, probably, he's easily been one of the best four or five players in this entire tournament. I put him right up there, especially in terms of midfield players with Paul Pogba. and. Um, they're probably the two best. Actually, they're probably the two best midfielders in this tournament to date. Is is Pogba and Jorginho, in my opinion, at least. Uh, every time he has played, he has just been again, just like an orchestra conductor, just moving everything around and just controlling the game with his passing, with his with his simple yet intelligent movements. Just no wasted motion in Jorginho. I'm a huge, huge fan of Jorginho, especially the way he plays in this Italian team. Again, Verratti is is hard as nails. He is just a solid, solid center midfielder. I like, I like, there's so much depth in this Italian team. That's the other thing we saw, okay? We saw with them making eight changes in the final group stage match. And they're just as dominant. Oh, yeah, they only scored once, but they, they took a whole different approach to that match. Now, this is the night match tomorrow, which is different, and it's not in Rome. It's in, it's at Wembley, so it won't be as much heat as maybe we'd seen them play. Part of the reason I think they slowed down in that third match with, with Wales was because of the heat. Okay, they were playing in broad daylight. They were playing at 6 p.m. local time, which anyone who's been to Europe this time of year, Southern Europe, and in Northern Europe also, actually, anyone who's basically been to Europe this time of year, you know the sun stays out late, okay? And it is hot. 6 p.m. is still very, very hot. There's a reason these matches kick off, these matches kick off later. So tomorrow's kickoff is 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to that's going to make it 8 p.m. London Standard Time, and you could expect a much cooler night. I'm not sure what I don't have a weather report uh, available at this time, but but I I really really think that there's just going to be too much offense, too much control, and just too many good players for Austria to keep pace with the Italians. I see Italy advancing uh, quite easily. Now the third match, um, the third match that James 
looked at is, of course, Sunday's early match, the Netherlands taking on the Czech Republic. Let's see what he's got to say about this one. What's up, guys? Back with the next game. This is one of my favorite games of the weekend because it has one of my favorite plays. We go to Netherlands versus Czech Republic. I am riding high with the Netherlands money line here. It's a little juicy at minus 150, but this is a max play for me. It's three units, and it's a group collab with some guys on Twitter. Be sure to go to my page there. You can find the posts and give those guys a like and a follow. Uh, Netherlands have won eight of their last ten. They scored at least two goals in 12 of their last 13 matches. Uh, in the group stages, the Dutch scored eight, and they only conceded two. Their expected goals was 9.01, second highest in uh, the tournament so far. They've only had an XG allowed of uh, 2.81. They looked really good on defense, really good on offense. The Czechs, meanwhile, they only scored three goals. They conceded two. They looked a little flat. They only have, like, one trick, you know, with uh, Schick up front. And I think uh, with the Netherlands and their really good midfield as well, and, you know, MS Pie pushing up. Yeah, when all of them pushing up, it's going to be hard for the Czechs to even get possession to be able to utilize Schick. So I think... Uh, the money line here at minus 150 is still perfect value for this Netherlands team, who is top to bottom better than the Czech Republic, in my opinion. And I think they easily can handle this game in 90 minutes. So give me a max play on the Netherlands money line at minus 150 in this one. All right. So he's got the Netherlands on the money line for this one. It's it's at minus 148 right now. Uh, it's his favorite play uh, of this match, obviously, and it's a max play for him. Uh, yes, Netherlands all day long in this one. Um, I think the Czech Republic are going to be in over their head. I was disappointed with their performance against England. Um, they kind of had me believing a little bit after beating Scotland. Okay, after beating Scotland and getting that draw, I know it was from the penalty spot, but getting that draw against Croatia had me thinking perhaps this is, you know, it had me kind of nostalgic in a way. And sometimes I get like this and I see the Czech Republic and I get nostalgic and I think of, of Pavel Nedved. I think of Milan Barosh. I think of Karol Paborski. Okay. I think of um, just Czech teams from 96 to like 2012 okay uh just always think of a big strong solid czech team this team's not quite up to the level of of those that i just you know there's nobody in this team that compares to a nedved or a barosh or a a paborski especially paborski for me is like I mean, I got Poborski up here. Uh, he was he was such a good player in his time, and certainly there's no Panenka in this in this Czech Republic team. Another name when I hear, it, even though he played for the former Czechoslovakia, of course he's one of the few players that has a a play named after him, just like Johan Cruyff, uh, Antonin uh, Panenka, the the famous Panenka penalty kick. Um, there's nobody in this Czech team that's going to pull off a Panenka, for example. Uh, Schick is their best player, but I think I think the Dutch are going to easily cancel him out. Just too much talent in this Dutch team, okay? Um, yes, they've had an easy group, but, I, you know, Gigi Wijnaldum, Memphis Depay, you know how I feel about him. I've, I've, I've praised, uh, you know, 
I've praised Depay for weeks, uh, if not months, on this podcast, right? Uh, going back to his performances with Leon. I even talked about him a year and a half ago at Leon when he was playing uh, against Benfica on Mr. Benfica. Um, and uh, the headache he gave us there. I really like Memphis Depay. He's on his way to Barcelona, right? And uh, you also got Dumfries, who has just been lights out as well. He's played so well in this competition up to now. There's just way too much, too much offense and just too much talent and just too much class in this Dutch team for the Czech Republic to deal with. I just don't see the Czechs putting up much of a fight, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be fairly routine and fairly easy for the Netherlands to advance here. He likes them on the money line, even though it's at it's at minus 148. I have to agree with that. They're, they're going to take care of this in 90 minutes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take care of it in under 60 minutes. Um, I could see this one getting out of, out of reach. Um, I just have not seen from the Czechs anything to tell me they're going to come out tomorrow and be better than they were against England. Okay. That that's what I'm seeing there, at least. Um, again, Dumfries, Depay, Wijnaldum, and I'm not even getting into you know. Um, let's look at their lineup. Let's 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 just look at their probable lineup. I'm gonna pull that up for you guys, and uh, it's. I mean, there's just talent. I, the orange machine, if you want to call them that. Um, so, okay, so we don't even have a probable lineup yet, but I'll look at their last lineup then. And in the 3 0 victory over North Macedonia, the Netherlands came out with even their back three Stefan de Vril, Matthias de Ligt, and Daly Blind. Even without Virgil van Dijk, that is the three of them together are going to be very capable and able to cancel out um, to cancel out Schick, just like they did Pandev, you know, in in match day three. You look at their midfield. I mean, again, Denzel Dumfries, Frankie de Jong, um, Wijnaldum, Ryan, Ryan uh, Graverberch. Graverberg, and it is just again, and then even looking down their bench, you know you got you got Quincy Proms, you got Woot Weghorst, you got uh, Cody Gapko, you got so much talent in this team. Just uh, Jurian Timber. This is a, a Dutch team that I think is going to easily advance to the quarterfinals, and probably there they'll find more of a match. But I just don't see where the Czech Republic are going to really give any type of of fight. Maybe they'll give a fight, but I don't see where they're going to get goals against this team. And before I play his last video, make sure you go to Twitter and follow JMP. That's at at James Makes Plays. It's on the screen, but for those of you listening on the podcast feed that don't have the visual, it's at James Makes Plays. And also, I have his channel on, on BTV there, on betterthan.vegas. 
and I'll pull it up now. Um, his his uh, channel is is that better than dot Vegas forward slash tags forward slash James dash makes dash picks. Okay, make sure you go over the the link is in the show notes. Okay, so go ahead and click in the show notes. You'll find it. and check out his his channel there on BTV on Better Than Dot Vegas. And now, without further ado, let's see what he's got for the final match of the weekend. Obviously, you all know this is the one that I'm going to be watching the closest, and this is the one that's going to keep me awake Saturday night. No doubt about it. It should be one heck of a match. Let's see what he thinks about Belgium versus Portugal. Back with the last game of the weekend. This might be my favorite one in uh, terms of entertainment value to watch. We got Belgium. We got Portugal. Two of the top teams coming into the tournament. Uh, I like the over two and a half goals in this one. It's at plus 108. I also kind of lean towards Belgium on the money line. Plus 159 to get that big of a number on arguably the best team in the world often. Uh, Belgium has scored at least two goals in their last 13 matches, and there have been over two and a half goals in eight of Portugal's last nine matches. Uh, Portugal scored at least two goals uh, themselves in eight of their last nine matches, and you know how Belgium is. KDB came back, Kevin De Bruyne, and they started clicking. They got Romuel Lukaku up front. If he gets a ball at the top of the box, he can turn on a defender. He's going to put it in the back of the net. This is a knockout game, so, I mean, we might see some careful play at first, but if someone scores, someone will score. It's going to open this game up. I love the plus money value on the over there. I also wouldn't mind sprinkling anytime goal scorer markets. You can get Cristiano Ronaldo at plus 160 and Ron Lukaku at plus 148. Those are both great numbers for those guys. Uh, Cristiano has five goals in three matches in this tournament. He's one goal away from being the international all-time top scorer. So I think he's going to be hungry. Plus, he takes their pens, and they get pens a lot. Uh, and with Lukaku, you know, he's up front. He's got KDB feeding him the ball. Plus 148 is a great number for him. He has three goals in three matches. Fun stat with him. He has only lost twice when scoring for his country. He has 36, 4, and 2 when Lukaku scores for Belgium. So it's going to be an exciting match. This will be one I definitely think you should tune into and watch. But my favorite play from this one is the over 2.5 at plus 108. And that's all the plays I have for these four games, guys. Thanks again to Mr. Benfica for uh, having me on. And uh, can't wait to be back. Taylor Fade, as always, y'all. Let's have a day. All right, so he likes the following plays there. He likes uh, the over two and a half goals. I agree with him there. I think there's going to be more than two and a half goals in this one. I think that, uh, well, you look at both of these teams, goals have followed them in all of their matches. Um, you just look, uh, you look at Belgium's, you know, they, they've scored with these in this tournament. Lukaku has scored three goals. Ronaldo has scored five for Portugal. They're both getting plus money. That is insane. I mean, it's not insane, but that is, they're getting real good money to score. And I know one of the hardest things in this sport is to pick who's going to score. A lot of times it's, it can come from anywhere, especially when you get two good teams. And I think both of these teams, I'm going to get into a little bit why I think this may be a better matchup for Portugal than people are thinking. Okay. But first, I'll talk about Belgium. Um, again, Lukaku uh, to score. Um, Plus 148, that's a that's a great value there. Um, the over 2.5 goals, I think that's going to be 
that's going to be that might even be done in the first half. The way the, these two the games have gone for these two teams, you might hit over two and a half in the first half already. Um, Belgium moved the ball so well. Okay, Lukaku, he is so hard to deal with, and he is gonna he is gonna cause nightmares for. And I'm, I'm gonna assume he's gonna pick on Pepe. He's gonna go towards Pepe. He I don't think he's gonna want to. Although he's so strong, he may he may pick on Ruben Diaz as well. Um, I mean, he's 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 big, he's fast, he's strong. He is a nightmare for defense to deal with. Okay, if he can if he can get in behind and they can get him running onto ball facing goals or posting up in the area, I think Portugal has to raise their. This is where it gets dangerous. Portugal, I think, has to raise their line of confrontation and has to raise their back line. Okay, they can't sit as deep because then Lukaku is going to post you up like he's playing basketball. He's going to receive, and like he did in the last game, okay, he's going to he's going to turn on a dime and bury it, just as James said he can always do in the back of the goal. This is going to be one of Portugal's biggest problems. Everyone's pointing to the the you know three four three that Belgium plays or the three five two variation. Belgium is not Germany. They're not going to attack with wingbacks the same way. Um, Belgium has attacking players further up the pitch that they want to get the ball to. Name Other than Lukaku, there's also Eden Hazard and Yannick Carrasco. And I love Yannick Carrasco. He is a guy. He's one of my favorite players on Atletico Madrid. And um, he, he gets in those wide spaces and, you know, I expect Nelson Semedo to be back at full fitness. I hope that we don't see Diego Dalo in this match. I really don't want to see that. I think he's going to be in over his head with this, like, you know, having to handle, you know, guys like, like Carrasco or like Dries Mertens if he comes on or Jeremy Doku, who looked so good in the last match. And again, I've harped Jeremy Doku since since episode one, practically, of parking the bus. Okay. This is a player I saw play when he was playing for Anderlecht at age 17. And I went in my Fop Mob app, and I've followed that player ever since. Every week, I see what he's doing. This is a kid that when he comes into this game, he can make problems for Portugal the way that Kinsley Coleman created problems for Portugal in the France match, okay? Um, I'm there. I think they're going to attack the flanks, the outside, sorry, the outside backs of Portugal, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily on the overload. I think they're going to try to get in the gaps. And they're going to try to force. Um, they're going to try to force Rafael Guerrero and Nelson Semedo to tighten in, and that would open the outsides for the over the over um, the overlaps. But I really think the focus will go through the front players and not through the wingbacks. The wingbacks will be there in support and for overlapping. But with Germany, that it was the point of attack was the overload and the overlapping wingbacks. I don't think that's going to be exactly, that's not exactly what Belgium does. Okay. So obviously uh, that's going to be a handful for Portugal. He's also got Belgium on the money line. Great value, you know, plus plus one fifty for, like he said, their number one ranked team in the world. Um, that that's excellent value there. Um, and Cristiano Ronaldo to score at any time, also at plus 160. Here is how Portugal beat 
Belgium if they beat Belgium. This is what I would be saying, and this is what I would have been training on the training pitch the last two days. And you can do this in a walkthrough. This isn't something that's going to tire out a team because here's another key factor and why the money line to Belgium is is so favorable. And Belgium have two extra days of rest. Okay. This match is going to take place. And where are they playing? This is... If I'm not, I don't want to name the wrong city here, but this match is taking place in. As my phone begins to die and the screen gets very dim, this one is taking place. That's right, it's in Seville. It's going to be hot, but it's also going to be a, practically a home game for Portugal. Okay, um, it's a. It, the pundits think that it's a it's a climate that the Portuguese are more used to. I would say the Germany match showed otherwise. Germany was much more equipped to play in the 90-degree Fahrenheit heat of Munich. I assume it'll be similar in Seville tomorrow. Uh, oh, sorry, Sunday. But Portugal in need, if they're going to win this, first of all, they're going to have to have more of the ball than they like to have or at least in Fernando Santos likes to have. I think we learned against Germany that you do have to have the ball sometimes. And the only way to stop overloads, if that is in fact what Belgium decide to do, which I, again, I think if they, if they go with the overloads, it's going to be with the, with the attacking players cutting inside and the, the wingbacks overlapping. Um, because you got guys that like to cut in, whether it's Carrasco or whether it's, 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 Hazard, either Hazard, really. Um, but I think where Portugal have possibly, first of all, the adjustments they made will help, okay? I think that whether it's Danilo or it's João Parinha, it's going to be one holding mid and not two, and that is going to balance Portugal's midfield better. We saw that against France, okay? And I think this game is going to go more like the Portugal-France game than the Portugal-Germany game. Okay, because I think they're going to keep that system. Renato Sanchez for, for Portugal is going to be so, so crucial because when Belgium is pressing forward and they're coming on with attack after attack after attack, the pace of Renato Sanchez and his ability to carry out of pressure is going to be paramount for Portugal to relieve pressure, to get out of their own end, give that back four a breather, because they're going to have their hands full, like I said, with Romelu Lukaku. They're going to need to push up the pitch. And like I said, that line of confrontation needs to be higher up the pitch so that that defensive back four line slides higher as well. The danger in that is you're leaving space in behind for Lukaku. But I don't believe Belgium want to knock long balls. Now, there's a huge battle in midfield. Okay, there's going to be a huge battle in midfield. I just talked about Renato Sanchez being so important, and I talked about João Paina if he plays, or Danilo, either one of them. I think they're both they're both better than William Carvalho right now, and I think either one of them will do the job. Um, but I expect Danilo to get the start. He's got more experience. He's been in big matches. And um, he's also going to be able, the key for Portugal in defending Lukaku is Danilo Pereira being able to slide 
in between Ruben and Pepe. And if he can drop into that gap sometimes in a, in help, help with the marking of Lukaku, then you, that can allow Semedo and Guerrero to get wider. Okay. And it could turn into a back five at times. Portugal fans, if you see it turn into a back five at times, do not panic. Okay. I expect I expect uh Kevin De Bruyne to play a lot like like um Antoine Griezmann played against Portugal. I expect Witzel, uh, Axel Witzel to look somewhat like Paul Pogba, even though they're much different players, I expect him to sit in deeper and to make more of the vertical passes. They're going to try to break Portugal's lines with vertical passes. And that's why I think it's important for Danilo to play and to be able to drop in between the center backs. And that way, the outside backs don't have to worry so much about covering in that gap behind them. Now, if Portugal are going to get goals, it's a very simple formula, okay? I know it's easier said than done, but I love him because he plays at my club, but the guy to attack is Jan Vertonghen. If he plays on the left side of the defense for Belgium, this is a game where if I'm the manager, Cristiano Ronaldo, first of all, has to listen in this match. I know sometimes he likes to do his own thing, and he needs to be, not that he's not a disciplined player because he is, but he's given a lot of freedom. And this is a match where I think he needs to be a little more specific. And I think his drifting needs to be to his right and not to his left. Because I think I saw it all season at Benfica. Okay. Jan Vertonghen gets a beat in that space. So Belgium play with a three-man back line just like Benfica did. Okay. The gap between Vertonghen and his left wing back is the space to exploit. Teams did it to him all season in the Portuguese league. I if I mean with with a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo, he can get into those spaces and he can get forward. Yes, he's not going to be able to be cutting in onto his right foot like he likes to do. He may have to carry it like an old-fashioned winger at times. But when he makes that run into that gap and he forces Vertonghen to go with him, the Bernardo Silvas of the world can slide to the middle. And it it should be a very there should be a passing lane there to play Bernardo in all day, okay. And then he can have looks at goal, or he can find Diogo Jota, who I think is going to start on the other side. And what I would specifically do, I would have a specific plan for Diogo Jota in this one, and it would be around the fifteen minute mark. I would do, and they did a little bit of this the other day. I would swap him with Bernardo for for a bit and I would start having Diogo's pace go at Jan Vertonghen he doesn't have to be playing well so to speak to do things that he's very effective doing which is running at players at pace he can he can lose the ball you know he can run at Vertonghen 10 times if he if he gets in behind him once he's he's through and that can end up being a goal. He can set up, you know, Bernardo or Ronaldo or whoever else is up there. If João Felix is, is healthy, I'd love to see him get into this match and also to occupy that space. I would be attacking that until, until you force Belgium to make an adjustment. If Roberto Martinez makes an adjustment and goes to a back four, 
Now he's got fewer guys coming up. Now you're already getting some more control. Um, again, Portugal's midfield is going to be crucial. I'm expecting to be the same. Danilo, Renato, and João Moutinho, if he's, if he's fit. I mean, um, listen, I like him more than I did when he was 28 years old a decade ago. I think he's become so, so much a smarter player as he's gotten older. He knows exactly what his limitations are. He plays very safely. He he just well-executed pass. He's the best passer of the ball that Portugal have in the 11. That's why he plays. He also provides cover for, for Nelson Semedo. And if Portugal are to pull this upset... It's going to be through that channel that I just said where they have to attack. Sure, and they and when they get the opportunity to counter, they have to do it. That said, you can't argue with the, the you know the money that the house is giving on or the books are giving on Belgium here. Um, I do think whoever wins this game. <laughs> I had said in the previous episode that I thought the way, that I thought and predicted we'd have an Italy Belgium match in the quarterfinals and the winner of that would go to the final. I had a miscalculation when I said that. I was under the impression France were on the other side of the bracket. Whichever team comes out of this match Sunday, whether it's Portugal or it is Belgium, will have had to play the other team first of all. Then they're going to have to play Italy because I've already told you Italy are going to win easy. And they're going to have to play them in Rome. Get through that. You've only got to you only got to worry about France in the semifinals. This side of the bracket is absolutely brutal. Whereas on the other side of the bracket, and I'm not going to I'll probably talk about this on Sunday. The winner of of the Germany England match for me is going to the final. I think they're going to beat the Netherlands. They're going to beat anyone else on that side of the bracket. Um, it's interesting. Once you add third place teams and you have one group like, like this group of death, or as you know, it was group F or as one of the correspondents on talk sport, she called it the group W to eat TF. That's, distorts everything just think about it we have portugal taking on belgium we have we have spain taking on croatia it's on this side of the bracket it it is now on the other side you have of course germany versus england but that literally whoever survives that has a much easier road to the final going to be very interesting going to be very interesting but again that's if Portugal are to win that's how I think they win that's how I would approach this match as the manager if that's not on though he has to have plan B and he didn't have plan B against Germany so that concerns me now Roberto Martinez is a phenomenal manager for the national team game he is very very astute and he may very well already think that, and who knows, maybe we don't even see Jan Vertonghen. 
yeah, he's the captain, but maybe we don't even see him. Portugal need to be prepared for that as well. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a great weekend of football. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to thank everyone for joining me for this unplanned special uh, weekend preview episode here of Parking the Bus. I'll be back tomorrow night to recap the day's action, and I'll hopefully have a, a guest here with me working on that still. But I'm planning on having somebody here. And we will break down the, the action, of course. And the picture will be that much clearer at this time tomorrow. We'll know one of the quarterfinal matches already. No, we will not. Excuse me. I, I stand corrected. We will know two quarterfinalists that won't be playing each other. But, um, again, I think tomorrow is a fairly straightforward day. Sunday, a little bit more. But definitely that Portugal-Belgium game is a tough one to call. Belgium in better form, but they're yet to really play a top team. They had Denmark when Denmark wasn't quite in the mental state to play them. Denmark played with a lot of heart and a lot of determination, but it was not the same Denmark we saw in match day three that was sharply focused and laser pinpoint focused. So I think this game is a toss-up. Obviously. I'm going with my team. I believe we can win. I don't doubt this team. We just took the world champions to a 2-2 draw. Yes, I yes, there was two penalties, but also, you know, it, there were moments either team could have won that match. We put in 45 really good minutes. So this this one here against the against Belgium, you need more than that, but that's that's basically my preview. Um, we'll be back, like I said, tomorrow to break down tomorrow's action and take it from there. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. 55, already 55 of Parking the Bus. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinio. Thank you to JMP. Remember, follow him at James Mix Picks. You see it down there at the bottom of your screen if you're watching. If you're listening on the podcast, it's in the show notes. Go follow him on Twitter. All right. Scroll through his page. See that he, he like he said, he's got a parlay going. See. Um, see the guys he was talking about, who he's in it with. Follow them. And also go over to Better Than Dot Vegas right now. Okay. They're they're running a poll. Okay. They're they're on uh Twitter at BTV Bets. Okay, they're running a poll there. You can vote. For the winner of each match, and they're gonna parlay your results into a bet. Okay, so go ahead and do that there. Um, I tweeted the link, I tweeted it out, or I retweeted their tweet out earlier. So you can go to at PTB Media, PTB underscore media, that is uh, on my Twitter, and scroll down. You'll see me retweeting it. Go ahead and check it out, give it a vote. All right, and let's see uh, Let's see what they come up with for a parlay. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the football, and uh, the fun is only getting started. Agora vamos brindar novamente Sorriso na cara está sempre presente O nosso caminho é seguir em frente
esqueço o teu passado e vivo o presente E se for para ir eu levo toda a gente Ao meu lado tenho os mesmos deste sempre Firme na corrida com a fé na minha vida até o fim Nós só sabemos viver assim Olhem para mim Para tudo passa a palavra Digo que estou aqui Com família, amigos, amigos Amigos, a minha volta pra repetir 